I didn't realize just how much this had taken from me. My joy, my sense of safety, my confidence, how I was showing up in the world. It took so much from me until I took it all back. You're listening to In It. This is for anyone who is in the trenches, in the process and pursuit of a life fully lived. And I want you to know that I'm with you. I'm your host, Lindsay Plebiak. Let's do this. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of In It. I'm your host, Lindsay Pleviak. How are you? Hope you're hanging. Welcome to the second quarter of the year. And uh, if you are a new listener, welcome to the way that I work <laughs> to my show. And uh, you're going to be listening to your first episode today, or maybe this is the millionth episode you've listened to, but it's called The Parasite. <laughs> and you're going to get a taste of kind of how I create and my process. And if that lets you in on any little bit of what this show's about, I'm excited that you're here and that you're tuning in to listen to something a little unconventional. You know, when I decided that I was going to create this podcast and and what I wanted in it to be, I made a decision that, you know, my show was going to look and feel a little different than most podcasts. Um, I didn't want to prescribe to the topics of, you know, titles being like, all right, you know, how to generate 5,000 new followers on Instagram. And, <laughs> you know, listen, that stuff is cool. Like we need that stuff. We need those tips, but I'm, I'm not the one that's going to give you them. Um, I wanted to create a show that felt more of, I don't know, like a, like a production, kind of more of like a, a process and a journey and how I think of my titles and where I draw a lot of inspiration from. I like to think of them as chapters or track titles. Uh, I like to give them these unique names that have themes. I'm very thematic in how I create. And, uh, I like to take people on a little bit of a, of a chapter journey as if, you know, my episodes were like a book chapter or a track title and, um, they're very much geared to a season or a, a thing I'm learning or a process. And yeah, we'll have some that are more, you know, tangibly led. But if you've hung around me long enough, you know that tangibles and I are not really um, friends. <laughs> I'm more of a more of a vision caster, an abstract thinker, and um, a little less systemized. But uh, I really love to give you guys some some concepts and real life things to process on the show. And so if you're tuning in, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. And uh, I called it the parasite for a lot of reasons, but mostly because if you look back into my catalog, you can see that from February till now, there hasn't been a lot of content. Well, the reason is because I had a parasite. <laughs> and uh, I didn't really talk about it online a lot while I was going through it, because can I be really straight up with you? It was fucking disgusting. <laughs> it was disgusting. And um, now I can look back and laugh about it all and I can be vulnerable and talk about it. But in the moment, it just, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't good and it wasn't cute. And it, it just, in the moment of dealing with it, I was like, there is no way I can process this on the internet. So when you are, because I was actually traumatized by the experience, so I couldn't really talk about it in real time, but that's why there's been a little bit of a gap. I, uh, I actually was so sick. Um, I went on a trip to Mexico and 
It was my last trip to Mexico because I ain't going back there, gang. No offense, but like, nope, I ain't, I ain't doing it. After what I went through, nope. Um, but I ended up getting, I came back from the trip and I ended up getting really sick. I had norovirus, uh, which is like a horrendous stomach virus. And it just wreaks havoc on your body. And I had it for about, um, I'd had it about like a week and a half and oh my God, it was just treacherous. I had to actually go to the ER. I hadn't been to the hospital in years. Um, it was just a nightmare. And then, you know, it's kind of, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, all right, it's letting off. It's letting off. I think it's going or whatever. And, you know, I try to get back to eating a little bit normal and whatever. And then, you know, I'd have like a meal or two and then God, it was just, it just hit me like another brick. And I was just like, something ain't right. And I kid you not, gang, I had a parasite or some type of parasitic force inside my body. I Google. <laughs> also, can we just have a moment of like, why, why do we Google MD ourselves? Like what it is, you're basically just asking for like heaps of anxiety to be poured on you. And here I am like self-diagnosing. But I tell you what, I had every single symptom of the parasites and it, it rocked me. I mean, if you literally, I, I think I'll put a link up in case, you know, you might think you have parasites, you can read it. But, um, I mean, I had every, every single thing. And I mean, I, I think I lost about 15 pounds. Um, it was pretty wild. I mean, it, I was gaunt there for a second, you know, and, uh, good news is I've gained it all back <laughs> with how much pizza I've eaten in the last couple of days and the trips I've taken. Don't worry, it's all come back, but I did lose a significant amount of weight and just felt sick as a dog. And um, and I and I I really it was a really like humbling month. And and truth be told, I I really didn't feel well for about a solid four weeks. It wasn't until about the middle of end March I finally got some medication um to to cut it. And I mean, I tried supplements, I was trying to like stick on this this regime. And finally, you know, I was just like, all right, I, I need the, I need the heavy hitter here. Cause I can't do this anymore. And, um, it was a humbling experience, but the, the, the most humbling was, um, when I went to the lady at the lab and she handed me the bag to, uh, you know, put my own specimen in and I <laughs> proceeded to do that. And, <laughs> I proceeded to do that and, and that and then and then take it back to her. That was quite the undertaking, let me tell you. If you've never had to give a fecal sample, it is if you want to feel really human, you should you should do that. It, whenever we think people are important or we think people are better than us or you know whatever, just remember, just remember that there may come a day where everyone has to fill their own fecal sample. <laughs> And then the uh, the playing field is beyond leveled when that happens. Um, but man, it was wild. And like I said, I had to take it back to her and I had to be like, here you go. It was so oh, it was just out of control. But I was really sick that the last uh, month ish. And uh, I just lost a lot of time. I got behind on some work and got behind on creating. And, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some people that podcast batch and and I batch certain things here and there, but I'm very much like an in the moment kind of creator. And I kind of listen to what's going on in conversations that I'm having with people that I coach or friends I have, or just things that are coming up where I pick up on like patterns of conversations that people are having. And then I like to kind of like hone in on like the moment of the conversation and, and try to speak specifically to like the immediate 
this thing rather than, um, you know, kind of being like, all right, I'm just going to batch all this content and like just, and maybe that makes me a terrible podcaster. I don't know, but I'm okay with it. This is my process and and I'm here for it. And so I appreciate if you have been listening, I'm really glad that you hung around there despite the, the month-ish that I needed to kind of take off. And I know a lot of you had said how much you loved that episode with my dad and uh, I loved it too. It was seriously so special. And I'm glad that that could be one that you could spend some time with until today. And, and so the thing that was so crazy and, and what I kind of want to transition into here now, you know, all jokes aside, you know, I kind of learned in, in this moment when I was processing this parasitic overtake, I kind of physically saw the play out of what had actually been happening to me over the last year or two, where I realized that I had had a parasite in me long before the physical one appeared. And that's kind of what I wanted to transition and talk to about today is this theme of parasitic influences that can somehow affect us and take so much from us and end up shaping us in a way that is unrecognizable, uncharacteristic, and how it really affects how we're showing up in the world. And then I'm going to lead us to the end of kind of you know, where we're, where we're going with all of this. So hang with me. I think that there's buzzwords and we hear things all the, all the time about, you know, and this is, this is kind of like a heavier topic, I guess. And it's kind of something that I'm going to allude to that I, I may, I may, I may discuss more, but I feel that it's, it's time to kind of broach that gap with this episode today. It's that we, we don't really realize how much others that have harmful intentions towards us can actually impact us. And my buddy Isa literally said this one time recently where she was on a trip and she had, you know, paid for some, you know, luxury purse and found out that she was duped and sharing how, you know, she felt so stupid. And she was like, how could I have trusted these people? And, you know, oh, I feel so gullible. And oh my, like the shame she was processing about trusting someone honestly and how much that affected her. And she said something that stuck out to me so intensely, and it was something I resonated with so much, where she just said, I don't understand how people wake up some days. There are people, there are certain types of people that wake up that are actually out to, to take from another, that have ill intentions, that are here to cause harm, and they're out for number one. And it's really hard for me to process, you know, I don't understand how that person thinks and I don't get how they could be like that. And I never resonated with something more. It creates this confusion. It's confusing. I remember when I was in high school, you know, man, I don't know. My parents, my parents did a number on me when it comes to, you know, and, and I'm grateful for it. I know they're listening to this. Hold on, guys. I, I don't get, don't get your panties in a bunch. My mom and dad are like, what? We didn't do a number. No, no, no. Let me, let me get this out. My parents did a really amazing job of sheltering me from uh from a lot of trash to be honest. I think like how I grew up, you know, let me let me be very clear here. There there was a lot of things I wasn't sheltered from. There was a lot of things that I did have to live with and, you know, things that I had to process and and things that were very traumatic at a young age that did affect me. Um but when it came to the world and how the world impacted me on the outside, I was shielded from a lot. You know, my parents let me believe in Santa till I was about 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> yes, 
That is true. And they did crazy shit to make me believe in it. And, and I know people have different opinions about Santa and whatnot. And, and, and I, I have different opinions. But they, the, thing I, the thing I'll give them is that I think they were, regardless of whatever with Santa, because I know people are really torn about that topic. The one thing I'll give them is I think they really wanted to, to, to nurture my imagination. And the, and the way that that plays out now, I really do actually think that that's why I am so creative is because I have such a vivid imagination even as an adult. I didn't lose that. I think that I had my imagination was protected for a really long time. And the sheltering allowed me to to really go into like a really creative, imaginative world. And I think that that's, like I said, why I think I'm so creative these days. So thanks, guys, for that. <laughs> but me defending Santa as a 10-year-old at the lunch table was another experience. <laughs> that, that was another experience for another time. But why am I saying this? There's, there was a naivety to me that was shaped at an early age. And, and I did come to trust people. And I trusted things that, that most people or kids or whatever would be like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. That's, 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 that's not real. Well, I trusted. I trusted the goodness of, of people. And I, had a, I have a trusting nature. And I think it's because I'm so honest. I, I, I'm so governed by honesty. I'm so governed by integrity. It's my highest value, gang. My highest value is integrity. I would, I would rather tell the truth. I saw something the other day that just rocked me. It literally was like, you can't use my weaknesses against me because I'll expose them myself. <laughs> I couldn't agree with anything more. You, you really can't come at me with something in the back like that, that's like hidden because I'll expose, I'll tell you. I'm not afraid to hot. I'm not afraid to tell you the truth. I got nothing to hide. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, no, no. Like here it is. I'll expose my weaknesses. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable at all. I'm not. And so what I think has affected that though, is it, it, what, what it's the, the, the downside of it though, is that it's created a person that has taken people so literally, like I take people so literally, I take people at face value. I, I don't walk around in my life looking at people being like, you know, what are you going to try to do to me? I don't think that now, 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 if, if I'm walking around my hometown, Baltimore, you know, if I'm walking around downtown at night, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be looking over my shoulder. I've got my, you know, you're guarded. Your, your senses are heightened. I don't, I don't walk through the world blindly. Like I, I'm very uh, defensive in the, in the atmosphere. You know, you got to have street smarts, right? You can't be like a fool looking around at your phone in the dark. Like, you know what I mean? You got to be street smart. But when I'm talking about people that I meet, that I get into relationships with, that I talk to, that I'm taking, I take them at their truth, at, the, at what they say, because I'm like, well, clearly, like you're saying you're a good person. You're saying you're good. You know, you're saying that these intentions, you know, I'm taking you at that, at that, because that's how I live. That's how I do my life. If I'm going to say something, I'm going to mean it. I'm not going to say something I don't mean. I'm not going to butter you up. I'm not going to try to make you feel a certain way. And I'm not trying to get nothing from nobody. I'm here just trying to like do what I got to do. You know what I mean? And, and the harshest reality that I've had to process is that there are people, like my friend Isa said, that get up every day and, and they don't think like that. They want to take from people that have a bright light. They see something good that they lack and they want it. And they'll find a way to latch on and to suck that dry from you. And I think the hardest thing for me was that this happened once before in my life with a guy I dated. 
And I was in a relationship with this person for way too long. And it was a little bit more like covert. Two things that I wish that we had known about even just 10 years ago would have been the Enneagram. (laughs) I feel like if I would have known about the Enneagram, I could have really understood people even in a deeper way that would have just made so much sense. You know, people can say whatever they want about the Enneagram. It's a really good compass for having people get a loose framework, a solid framework of like, hey, this is how this person ticks. And and I respect that because I feel like it really has helped me become a really incredible coach because I've been able to figure out the core desires of somebody and core fears. And, you know, you kind of just really see the person through through that lens. So I'm really grateful for that. I wish that that had existed when I was like 20. And the other the other word I wish I would have known about when I was 20 would have been uh would have been narcissism. I wish I would have I wish I would have known a little bit more about that. I actually am a psych undergrad major, psych and studio art. I have two degrees that I never use. <laughs> but I have two degrees. I guess I use art and I guess psych plays into some of what I do, but you know, we all know how that goes. But anyway, I have two degrees and and I was a psych undergrad. I really wanted to be an art therapist. Um, That was actually what I was going to school for was art therapy. And I was like, man, how can I like really help people? You know, I wanted to help people process the hard things, but also bring like some creative elements to it. And in psych, uh, you know, I had heard about the different types of personality disorders. You know, we'd studied them and I had studied the narcissistic personality disorder, but that was kind of you know, it was like checking a box, you know what I mean? Like you, 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 you hear about histrionic personality disorder. You hear about, you know, you, you study histrionic personality disorder. You studied borderline personality disorder. You studied you know, antisocial personality disorder. You, you studied narcissistic personality disorder. These were terms on a paper. These were terms on a paper that I was studying for school. I didn't realize that these were human beings that were walking around until I had to come face to face with them. I say all this really carefully because I feel like the word narc narcissist it's everywhere right it's everywhere people are saying things people if you have like one moment of selfishness people are like you're a narcissist you know it's like no 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 no. these are traits that are textbooked out laid out in a in a in a diagnostic medical terms <laughs> and um these are diagnoses and this is this is real shit and i wish i would have known about it when i was 20 because i think i could have been smarter I think I could have been protected. You know, I think I would have understood more. And I'm talking about, you know, I talked about that guy I dated for a long time. He uh, he was definitely a narc. And so after that whole thing ended, I, I told myself, you know, never again, never again, you know, could I allow, because there was one characteristic about that relationship that, that, that just to this day rocked me. There's only been one to two people in my life that have had that effect on me. And it's the effect of the narcissist. No one else could could ever, you know, I'm the person that's like, you want to fuck with me? Like, I will fuck with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I actually saw a hat the other day that was like, I want to buy it. It says fuck around and find out I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy that hat and wear it. I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really walk around and, and posture myself as a person, even though I, I believe I have a kind heart. You know, other people might disagree, but, you know, I truly believe that I have a kind heart and I really do try to care about people and I try to make people forward focused and but, you know, the one thing I kind of wear as like a, a garment of, of you know, who I am is, you know, I'm not going to let you mess with me, man. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to let you hurt me. I'm not going to let you mess with me. And the 
the, the pieces of this puzzle that I, that I, and my strategic mind completely didn't account for was the way that the way that they move is not what I anticipated. You know, I'm ready to, you know, I'm, I'm ready to stand off against someone that's coming at me with an attack stance, right? Like, you know, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to go at it with somebody who seems kind. Again, taking people at face value, you know, taking people at their word. You know, I'm ready. If you're, if you're, if you're like throwing shade at me, if you're getting tough, like that, like the lady in the airport, I told you guys about the airport story. It's like, you know, it's, it's endless guys. I have so many airport stories. I need to make a, a catalog of, of airport stories. It's just outrageous. But you know, if somebody's acting a fool, I'm going to straight up be like, Hey, you need to chill the hell out. Like you need to stop. Like, you know, I'm not afraid of that. I'm, I'm anticipating that. I anticipate that type of energy to come at me to, to react. What I didn't anticipate what I didn't anticipate was the slow, methodical, manipulating, seeping in. I didn't anticipate the ill intention, guised in kindness. I didn't anticipate that. And so when I got out of that relationship, I was like, never the fuck again will I ever allow somebody to have that type of influence on me. Never again, never again. That's the crazy thing about cycles and patterns and things that are familiar to us, they repeat themselves if we're not aware of them. Because you've seen it before, you've felt it before, you know it. But if you don't know the warning sign of it, it kind of creeps in in that old, familiar, safe way. I think that when it, when it surfaced in my life again, that I was once again in this dynamic of this narcissistic influence, I didn't see it for a minute. I didn't see it for a second, you know, and I think that that's how it goes. You, you don't know what's, you don't, that, that's, that's how it goes. It doesn't start out like that, like that intense energy, you know, it doesn't start out like that. It starts out completely different, a kindness, a familiarness, a friendliness, an overwhelming sense of love and kindness. And, and like someone seeing you maybe for the first time, or maybe somebody you know, is finally acknowledging, you know, certain things about you or, or whatever. And, and you're seeing someone maybe sees you for the first time, blah, 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 blah. And it's the slow drip of you slowly losing yourself because of the influence of a parasitic element. And it happens so slowly that the only way you know that you're in too deep is when it's too late. I didn't realize how much of myself I had lost. I didn't realize how much of myself I had lost. I've talked about this on the show before, but I'm, I'm setting this up because I'm taking us somewhere going forward. And, and I got to give you this in order to set us up for where we're going, okay? When someone is leached on to you, what's happening is kind of like the scene from Harry Potter, the Dementor kind of sucking the life out of you, you know? But you got to picture it like slow and with a smile. <laughs> you know, we're scared of Dementors, you know, we'd run from them. Sometimes we don't even know that this parasitic influence is infiltrated, like I said, un until it's too late. What are some signs to know that you're maybe in, in the hot seat with a, with a narc? Well, you know, we might talk about that more. I'm actually in the process of, of bringing 
I'm, I'm in conversations with actually my counselor and my therapist about, about this and, and how to, you know, kind of start looking for these signs. And it's a, it's an episode that I'm thinking about making because I just think it's so important. And I think that people need to know. I think they need to know to get help because I didn't know until I almost like lost myself. So I may let her explain more of the actual terms and the actual ways that things go if I take that route. But I needed to allude to you enough that this was my reality because it really almost took everything from me. You know, when I had that physical parasite inside my body, you know, I lost 15 pounds. I couldn't eat. I was like in bed. I didn't feel like myself. I'd have like a meal and then I'd be like, oh, you know, it doesn't feel right. You know, I'd look at myself in the mirror and even the light in my eyes was dim. <laughs> I could see it. I was like, man, my eyes don't look right. Like I don't even <laughs> like my eyes look weird because there was something actually feeding off of me. And that happens with people that can happen with unsafe people. And I think I realized way too late that I was in a, a rough spot. And how much, even after separating myself from this person, I was so affected post. I don't know. I just, I just feel like I needed to talk about this because I just feel like there are people that are probably in these situations in real time that need to get out of it. And I felt like a fucking idiot because if, because it's me, it's me. I'm like, I'm like, I'm so tough. Like I don't let people fuck with me. I don't, I don't, I'm not controlled. I'm, I'm the one that's like, I'm going to go do me. I'm going to be different. I'm, I, I've got my ideas. I don't, I, and, and, and I couldn't process how I could have let someone again affect me so much. I felt weak. I felt like an idiot. And I think the shame did a lot more damage until I finally came to terms only fairly recently that it's not my fault. You know, I can't be at fault for the good nature that I possess inherently. I can't be at fault for wanting to believe people are good. I'm not the one who set out with ill intentions. So why am I taking on the shame? That's not mine to take on. But I took it on. And I let the effects of a parasitic influence take so much from me. My confidence, my sense of safety, how I showed up in the world. It was like this black label was just like put across me. And I was just like, God, and I think that people are in these situations right now and they don't know how to get help and they don't know how to get out of it, man. And I do. <laughs> and it's rough. But here's where I, here's where I want to go. Here's where we're going to go. What I've realized is that without your bright light, without your great energy, without your amazing skills, without your good heart, those parasitic influences cannot survive. They can't, you know, and then they just go off and find someone else to latch on to. Because here's the bottom line. You have something that they don't. They're drawn to what they do not possess. Empathy, kindness, influence, creativity. And then they'll take that thing from you 
as their own. And then they'll suffocate the life out of you in the process. And then when you finally stand up, they'll blame you for it. They'll make it your fault. They'll say it's you. It ain't you. It ain't you, babe. (laughs) But this is the good news I want to share. You can take your power back. You can take back what's been taken. You can. You truly can. I feel like the last, you know, bit of, of, of even since I've started this show, it was kind of this like, I don't know, me kind of like putting my feelers out there, me putting out like, you know, how, how real could I go? How, how open could I be? There was a part of me that was still playing a little safe. And I spent this past week surrounded by people and even online where I, you know, I just like polled people that follow me and I said, you know, hey, like, why do you follow me? Like, why are you here? Like, what are you wanting from me? And people gave me amazing things to be thinking about, to be talking about. But in order for me to address those things, it's going to require honesty, truth, and a little bit of storytelling. I think that that's kind of like what I saw from people was people asked me, people, people told me, I, I had almost over 100 people say to me that the reason that they follow me is, is because I'm real. Real. People have been like, you're so real. You're so real. And I'll be really, I'll be real with you. <laughs> Sometimes I'm afraid to be fully real because this is kind of how it goes with me. The first things people say to me when they meet me or they interact with me or they listen to a content or they see my page, they, they tell me how real I am and how much they love that. Almost to a sense of when it serves them, they're here for the realness. But because I don't have an ability to like shut that off, it's just kind of like what you see is what you get across the boards. When it doesn't serve them, they don't, then they resent that realness. Then they don't want to hear it. Then they're like, fuck off, Lindsay. Like, don't speak to me ever again. And I'm like, oh, I thought you wanted me to be real with you. Well, I'm going to be real with you even if it hurts because like I'm just being real. And so it sent me this mixed message of people just want the real that makes them feel good. Not the real that's heavy or the real that could ruffle feathers. But people ask me questions that I want to answer and I have to answer you whether you like that answer or not. If you ask the question, you're going to get the answer, you know? And I feel like there were things that people asked me to talk about more that I thought, you know what? This is kind of like a bridge episode. This, this parasite <laughs> episode is kind of this like silly bridge into, into what I feel and observe is, is a little bit m- more gritty conversation. I mean, I've been pretty honest. I mean, I've been, I've been pretty gritty, I think, you know, but, but at the same time, I think there's, there's room for more. I think there's room to go a little deeper. I think there's room to process things that are a little bit more abstract or complicated, but it's going to require a different level of, of honesty that I wanted to preface you for, because there's no way I can fully answer those questions, honestly, without that permission. And so today was kind of this like segue into recognizing that 
regardless of like what's happened, what people have done, you've got, you got, you've got a story to tell here, gang. You've got a road to go down. I spent this last weekend getting a lot of recognition at my company for this event that I did. And that was cool. And, and if you came up to me and said, hi, if you were, if you're a listener that came up to me, I'm, I mean, it was so cool to meet you guys. Thank you so much for all those kind things that you said. Like I literally, it took me like a week to process them all. I'm still processing it, to be honest. But one of the things I took away from it all was that version of me that just kind of went through this, you know, recognition moment that came from taking a lot of power back. And I feel like I just took it back. That's the thing like I'm trying to allude to is like, even though I've put this show out, even though I've tried to like, you know, move forward from things that have been hard, I think that I did, I think I did a lot of it without a lot of my power. I took a lot of my power back this week and it felt good. It really did. And how you do that from people that hurt you and people that were parasitic forces in your life and people that tried to take your gifts and smear your name and cause harm, how you actually take that power back is that you look at yourself in the mirror and you realize that you've always had the power. That's what you got to do. You got you got to look back and how, how you take it back or how you you get it back is you actually are like, oh, no, no, no. Like it was always me. I always had the power. And even though they tried to take it and even though they tried to make me think that they did and even though blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. I actually did. I'm actually the strong one. I actually have what it takes. And you do it. You, you take it back. And you say... I'm turning a fucking page, man. I'm turning a page. And here's the deal. You can't rush that process for people. I told, I've had people tell me, forgive, forget. Oh my God. You know what? If you tell people to just forgive, you're an asshole. I'm sorry. You're an asshole. That's such a cop out. That's a cop out. That's between people's forgiveness is between them and the Lord. It's like we tell people things that make us feel better in the moment of navigating the tension of something. Because we actually can't sit in the fact that there's discontentment, that there are problems. We just try to wash it over. I'm sorry, absolutely not. People are in process. People are figuring things out. Let that be in God's hands and let God be the person that helps people seek healing and forgiveness. Yeah? How about that? Because you know what I know? When God actually helps you forgive someone, it has effects that ripple out and impact more people than we could imagine. I know that people have done unkind things to you. And I know people made you feel small. And I know that you lost a lot of yourself. And you didn't, it wasn't your fault. And you're on your path to getting it right. And that's okay. You can take your time. You can take your time to heal. You can take your time to seek forgiveness. Process that with God. He'll help you. He'll help you. He knows what it feels like to be betrayed by friends. He knows what it feels like to be cheated like, treated like a, he knows. Let him help you. But don't let people rush you. Don't let people project their shit on you as you're trying to navigate what you're going through. All of this is a process. 
and it's leading you somewhere. But friend, you got to do what I said. You got to look in the mirror. You got to take some power back. You got to look at yourself and recognize it was you. It was always you. That you had the strength. That you have the strength. And when you take that power back, even if it's a little bit, even if it's a day by day, everything changes. And it's a really good fucking feeling. It's a really good feeling. And then I truly believe that you can be used for good and for a bigger purpose. And I'm here for it. So gang, yeah, (laughs) I had a parasite, literally, physically, mentally. But that parasite taught me a lot. Taught me a lot. You gotta just kill it off, man. You gotta cut it out. You gotta carve it out. No matter how bad it hurts, no matter how weak you feel, you gotta lose it. Because where you're going, what you've got ahead, oh man. Had to get ready for it, you know? I feel like where I'm taking my show and the things I'm gonna share and the conversations that we're gonna have, I really, really, really hope that you're gonna walk away feeling like it's a real conversation, that you're gonna walk away feeling inspired, and that you're gonna walk away feeling like that you can you can move forward because these things, these things affect us, man. They affect how we show up in the world. They affect how we get our job done. A lot of people ask me a lot of really great questions and, uh, and I'm, and I'm here to answer them. But today, today, this episode is about killing it off and taking back some strength, taking back your power, taking back what's already yours. It never really left you. It didn't. It's just been mangled up and caught up and, you know, disrupted and, and lied to and, and illusioned that it's gone. It's not gone. It's all, it's all in there. You just got to wake it up. You got you to gotta shake it off. You got to look at, at these influences and you got to cut it out. And you just got to reach down really deep and be like, no, no, no. Like, this is me. I've got this. And yeah, you might lose some people, man. You might. I'm not going to lie to you. But you're going to gain you. You're going to gain new vision. And I'm going to tell you what, you're going to, you're going to impact people in a different way, in a more powerful way. And, and the right people will continue to emerge around you. And it's going to just all click. You got to trust me on that. As soon as you taste independence, you start living life in the present. Today, my friend, take your power back. Woke up this morning. I feel so fucking important. I looked in the mirror. I'm different. I finally made a decision. All the rejected, the last the lack of respecting themselves because people get hectic. They hurt you and make you feel helpless. They're not brave like you. They're too scared to do anything that's different, anything that's new. I don't need lessons. I do what I want. It's refreshing. As soon as you taste independence, you start living life in the present. Hey there, how you been? I'm the voice in your head and I know you've been making when you find me. Let me in. I got power in my hands and it's yours for the taking.